Welcome to If the Walls Could Talk, a series of conversations about smart buildings, connecting key thinkers in the property industry with each other and with you. I'm Jules Barker, Global Director of Product at WideScore, the certification company dedicated to making the world's buildings smarter and better connected. Our discussions focus on four main areas. How to approach creating a smart building, the importance of user-first design that delivers, the best way to navigate the supply chain, and reducing the environmental impact of the built environment. In this episode, we're focusing on user-first design, how to create a building that delivers for its users. And I'm delighted to be joined today by Anthony Morgado of JLL Engineering. Anthony, to begin with, uh, tell us a little bit more about your role at JLL. Hi, I'm Anthony Morgado, uh, and I'm leading the smart building practice at JLL Engineering. At JLL Engineering, we are working uh, essentially, uh, and most of the time, with investors, real estate owners, uh, real estate uh, promoters and corporates as a smart building consultant in order to uh, deploy smart building strategy uh, to their project of building refurbishment. How do you balance your time between new builds and refurbishment? Actually, um, well, most most of our projects are refurbishment. Uh, I can evaluate to 90% of refurbishment and 10% of new new constructions. And in a refurbishment, how much time do you find you need to spend with the client, your direct client, the landlord, as opposed to their tenants? Are there tenants in the equation already? It depends on the project. If they already uh, have the tenants in the building, so we can workshop with them and the owner. Uh, but if they don't have the tenant, uh, actually, we, we are working only with the, the owner. Does that make the process very different if there are no tenants involved? How do you balance the technology versus the user outcomes if there are no users that you already know of? Uh, yeah, the, the work is pretty different because when we are working with the tenant, we are more um, uh, studying the, uh, the technology that we would be installing in the, in the building. Uh, rather than with the, the landlord, we are working more uh, with the infrastructure of the building. We are working uh, on the, the infrastructure as a world system and not only on the, uh, a specific piece of uh, network architecture. And what does that mean to describe the network as a world system? Could you tell me a bit more about that? Uh, the market uh, today is designed with BMS in, in building. And uh, this is what I mean by network infrastructure, because when we are designing uh, infrastructure in the uh, refurbishment building, we are trying to work on the BMS. And uh, actually, we are working on the BMS, but also the building operating system, which is the evolution of the BMS today. So that's very interesting. I know that a number of big names in the industry are working on uh, their own proprietary building operating system. Uh, do you have your own one in JLL or do you take the client's chosen building operating system? How do you choose which system to put in place? Uh, we are trying to be um, agnostic to, uh, to the solutions. So we are working with uh, the, the landlords uh, and we are choosing the best uh, actors in the market of the building operating system to be installed. And how do you decide which is the best one for that individual client? Uh, it depends on the architecture that they want to deploy. 
uh, if it's an hybrid architecture or a full cloud architecture or um, a local architecture. So we will study it with the landlord, which is which is the best way to to do it, and then we will choose uh, the proper actor of building a operating system. Depends on uh, the the strategy adapted. That's really interesting. I. I know that for a lot of landlords, deciding between different types of architecture is going to be a very difficult decision to make. They're very technical decisions. How do you help a client understand that? Um, we, um, we are trying with us to work on the pros and cons, uh, make it clear for them uh, to, to choose. Uh, so the pros and cons for a full cloud or the pros and cons for local uh, architecture. And depending on the uh, technologies that they want to deploy after, we can also choose the best way to to go forward with the building operating system. I'm really glad you talked about um, user outcomes because one of the things we've seen is that the mistake you can make as a client, as a landlord, is to start with the technology. So could you tell me a bit more about how you help your clients begin with user outcomes? At the beginning, when we... Uh, we are organizing uh, a workshop with a landlord. We are trying to um, to show him uh, the different use cases that we can do, and depending on the use cases that he want to uh, to go with, uh, we can choose the the foundation of the the technology uh, in the building. That's really useful, and that's exactly how WideScore and SmartScore thinks of this. Could, could you give us an example of some of the use cases that you might uh, that you might talk through with a client? Yeah, sure. Users uh, are very concerned about uh, well-being and, in particular, uh, air quality. So, if you want to uh, monitor the air quality, the indoor air quality, you can install. Uh, IAQ sensors, and you can measure this uh, air quality. And also you can install uh, counting sensors that can allow you to understand uh, how the, the spaces are used. When it comes to your clients, t- tell me what your ideal client looks like. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, an ideal client is uh, a client that wants to, to have a smart building obviously, but uh, someone that don't want only um, uh, technology to show off in the building, but someone that that wants uh, technology in order to be useful for the users. That's very important. What about the opposite of that? What are the kind of mistakes that a client could make that will mean they don't get the outcomes they want from their building? Uh, the opposite will be Maybe someone that is close to uh, uh, to new vision, uh, someone that don't don't want to change his mind. We don't have uh, any clients like this actually, uh, because it's quite new in the middle, so uh, in the place in the market. So actually, they that they try to uh, trust us as a consultant in order to uh, inform them regarding all the new technologies. We talked briefly earlier about data. Can can you help me quantify the value of data that's coming out of a smart building? The building industry produces um, a huge amount of data, which is often heterogeneous and which can be used to produce very interesting KPIs and indicators. 
but today there is no contextualization of uh, this data. There is no command repository uh, that allows us to better understand and have an added value uh, of this uh, of this data. To solve this, uh, as I said, the market introduces the building operating system that creates a common repository to the to the building, and this will allow to centralize uh, this data that passes through uh, the the building in order to contextualize and uh, make it available in a same format uh, that can be understood by. Uh, every services. We've talked a couple of times about the importance of user-first design. How do you help your clients, the landlords, work with tenants to get the best outcomes for the users of a building? Uh, we are trying to work with the landlord on the different use cases in the common areas, for example, uh, the amenities, uh, all the, the services that are for uh, the, the different tenants in the building. And depending on the services that are in place, uh, we will work on the different technologies to implement in the building. Anthony, I know most of your clients are landlords, but I believe some are also tenants who you work directly with. How does the process differ when you're working with tenants? When we work with uh, direct tenants, uh, we are working with uh, the IT services in order to integrate technology in their proper architecture. So there is uh, much to adapt because we need to implement in their proper architecture. And when you are working with tenants, how much difference does it make to you that the landlord has done the right things when creating their building? Uh, the tenant is quite interested in uh, a building that allows them to, uh, to implement new technology, but we need to check uh, if they want to uh, materialize their network with the building network. It's not, it's not the case very often, uh, but sometimes it could be the case when the tenants uh, have the wall building. The process of design starts a long time before any users ever enter the building for the first time. How do you make sure that what you're designing, either for a landlord or for a tenant, will still be best in class a number of years later when the user first uses it? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, we are trying to uh, to have the best in class with technologies, so we, uh, we are uh, studying all the technologies that are available on the market and also the, the technologies that are, are in progress. And also, you know, um, the goal uh, of all this is is to think uh, about what we can do today, but it, it is more uh, about what we can do tomorrow. Mm. So we are trying to, uh, yeah, to to have a, a building that is ready for uh, maybe two or three years. What, in your experience, are the top one or two things that tenants? most want out of a smart building? Uh, for tenants, um, most of all uh, wants indicators uh, on uh, well-being, so air quality. They want to, uh, uh, to know the number of people in each room uh, because it helps uh, them to understand uh, how the spaces are used. 
and they want us also for their uh, employees to be able to uh, to have the the the, the better uh, digital experience with, for example, uh, an app that can allow them to uh, to control HVAC, uh, lighting, blinds, uh, to book a room, um, etc. and etc. And last question. It- if you had a magic wand and you could fix one thing in the smart buildings industry and change it, what would you change? Uh, yeah, again, it's a good question. Uh, we are, I think we are trying to work in that way, but the thing uh, that I would change, um, it's the interoperability between all the uh, devices. Uh, I think we are trying to work in that way because uh, today manufacturers trying to uh, make it uh, interoperable between all the devices uh, and the building operating system is a way to go for it. Uh, but I think it's uh, the one I would change. Anthony, thank you very much. That that last point definitely really resonated with me. I've talked in the past about the Tower of Babel that we're all creating here and it would be amazing if we can talk a similar language with each other so that really resonates with me thank you very much indeed for your time it's brilliant conversation absolutely fascinating thank you very much thank you well that's it for this episode thank you all for listening and if you like what you hear you can subscribe to if the walls could talk using your usual podcast provider thanks for listening